Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Rad Life Podcast. Uh, this edition, I am kind of starting something, talking about the fantasy football league I'm in, and just kind of the first guest I have on is Max, who's in the league. Um, just want to talk about strategy, general players, the league we're in. I kind of want to make it a little series and follow up as the season goes along. It might be one of those things that, like, I got the stock portfolio one week, then Chelsea's book review the next week, and then another episode of the Fantasy Football League. Just depending on who's available to talk, what topics we got. That's kind of the plan I'm looking at for uh, this podcast going forward, because I would like to keep doing weekly uploads and... Anytime I'm like, oh, I have all these ideas, maybe I need to do more than weekly. But, you know, it's hard to get uh, people organized to do uh, podcasts as often as you'd like. So I'm going to stick with the weekly uploads. And if I start feeling like I'm getting behind on content, I might upload more often. Um, But generally, it's really fun. uh, And having Max on to talk about fantasy football... I hadn't played fantasy football in forever, and I was texting him a bunch before the draft even started because I was like, where do I even start? I don't know what I'm doing and all that kind of stuff. So having him on was a good uh, – he was who I was leaning on for research. So uh, I thought that was a good guest to have on, and I look to have more members of the league on in the future. So we can – uh, jump right into having Max on. Uh, so see you over there. How you doing, Max? Great, great to have you back. Hey, I'm glad to be back. I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. How you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, just trying to get back to the weekly uploads I had going on for a little bit. Uh, it's, yeah. Uh, I'm glad to have you back. It's you know growing up and having a job and responsibilities makes it hard to do consistently hobbies it really does you know um i although i don't have many responsibilities going to work driving about probably an hour to work hour back coming home all i want to do is veg this weekend for the first time in a while i feel like i've just actually been playing video games and it's felt nice right it's just like go to work and then it's like all right well got to keep the house with chores and stuff and cleaning Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like where did i where did all my time go uh exactly i'm too tired to actually do anything but luckily for you you still have the uh, 410 shift right right i have 410 so i do have well i've been working overtime on fridays because uh there's end of the fiscal year is in october and so or at the end of september so we've been trying to meet some end of fiscal year metrics. And so oh, that makes sense. we've been working every Friday. So I get like 50 hours a week in now, which. Ooh, it, wow. Yeah, it's That's a, a little bit. It's more than what I'm used to. And I get a little bit. <laughs> and which just makes me more. It not only takes up more time, but makes me more tired too, to do stuff. But. I'm glad Absolutely. to have you back, and we're doing this. We're going to be talking about fantasy football today. We're in a league together. Uh, we just yes. – it's kind of a startup. We did a startup dynasty league, which – and Superflex, PPR, 
Uh, so can you break down what those words mean? I'm new to fantasy football. Sure, absolutely. So Superflex means that you have your normal, you have a quarterback, you can roster two running backs, two wide receivers, and then you have a tight end spot. Uh, usually you have a defense and kicker, but we're not doing that in this league. And then you have regular flex spots. Flex spots means that you can put a wide receiver, a running back, or a tight end in those spots. And this uh, league is a little different in that super flex. So there's one t- uh, flex spot in which you could put wide receiver, running back, tight end, or quarterback. So you can roster up to, you know, three quarterbacks, but you can start two quarterbacks actively per week. And then PPR, that means points per reception. So whenever a uh, running back or a wide receiver, tight end, whenever they catch the ball, they automatically get a point no matter what yardage they get. That helps balance out running backs to wide receivers in terms of point value, right? Or Yes and no. I feel like running backs have a slight advantage because they do get an exorbitant amount of rushes per game. And then in third down scenarios, check down scenarios where the running backs get in catches, I feel like they are slightly favored in PPR leagues. Okay, I didn't think – I thought PPR was away because I know there's half PPR leagues, and I thought running backs were just OP in half PPR leagues. And then – Yeah. Yeah, so, so then... the main part in balancing for wide receivers is that although they don't get the same uh, target share that a running back gets because a running back rushes the ball a lot, um, your wide receivers, most of the time the passes are downfield, so they just get more yardage uh, quickly. That makes sense. So this is my first time playing fantasy football since I was like seven. And so what's your history or experience level on fantasy football? Absolutely. Um, Growing up, my dad always played fantasy football. So I would watch him do it. I would learn some tips and tricks from him. But it wasn't until about two, three years ago that I really got back into fantasy football. And now I think this year I'm committed to four leagues I thought I uh wasn't in one but I guess I was looped back in for it which I'm not too happy about but uh I'm uh somewhat of a expert on fantasy football or not an expert but I'm a veteran I've been around for a little bit <laughs> oh I, let's see how the expert does let's see <laughs> just kidding but you know last year I took a second place in two leagues so I'd okay. say I was uh, doing all right yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's good for you. And usually there's a payout for second place. So, uh, exactly. Third place, you just basically got to play for free. But yeah, <laughs> so exactly. You, you get play for your first, money back. You want to get first or second for that prize money. But, Absolutely. Um, so, I guess you've done this a while. So, do you have like um? self-proclaimed expert slash veteran uh do you have go-to strategies for where you research how you research what strategies you build for uh let's just stick with how and where you do your research what are you looking at honestly my research is pretty limited um you'd expect me to be on espn every day checking uh seeing what the most updated statuses on guys are but honestly, a lot of my research just comes from watching games. Um, Sunday, it's usually a religious day, but in my house, it's a uh, religious for football day. And that from one <laughs> o'clock all the way until, you know, we go to bed, we're just watching football all day long. 
So a lot of my research just comes from watching players week in, week out, and seeing how they perform. Is that I see that point, and I know a lot of people who think that they watch a lot of football are good at fantasy, and not saying that you aren't. I just, at least it was true in baseball where someone would pass the eye test of being good at baseball, but weren't good for fantasy purposes. Does that happen in football a lot where you're like, this guy's sick? but he doesn't get the fantasy points like you need? Yes and no. Um, there are some players who, you know, they fly under the radar. It, my mind goes to Cole Beasley back in the day with uh, Buffalo. He was a guy where um, he wasn't like a superstar. He's not kill or anything. But throughout the game, you could see that he would get, you know, 12 receptions and 110 yards. He's not making those long, deep ball threats. He's not making stellar moves, but he's there making consistent catches. So it's more so not watching to see, hey, this guy, definitely I want him on my team. It's more so saying, okay, that guy, he flies under the radar. So I can pick him up. He's going to be a good player, but I can draft him later on in the draft. He's not going to have to be a one or uh, two round pick. He can be a 10th round pick still on the draft board. People are definitely undervaluing him, but you can nab him for uh, cheap. Yeah, that makes sense. Trying to find value. And I guess if you do watch enough football, you would see that. Is it this, I guess, vice versa of the question in baseball? There's some people you watch, you know, like they're utter garbage, but they're super good for fantasy. Like what comes to mind is. Oh, who is that guy for the Rangers that just hit home runs and batted like 100? I don't. <laughs> oh, that guy's uh, name, but I don't remember. But there was also Chris Davis for the Baltimore Orioles. Same who, thing. Like they don't pass the eye test of being good at baseball, but they were actually very valuable for fantasy. Does yeah. that happen in football too? Um. Yes and no. Uh. So I mean case of Chris Davis, we'll go baseball. He, in 2013, I believe, he led the MLB in home runs and RBIs, which is absolutely insane, but he also had, like, a 198 batting average. So, for that, you, and the way we play fantasy baseball is, you had so many different stats that you had to fulfill. So, if you were going for somebody like Chris Davis, you're not going to go for average, but you're going to go for extra base hits, home runs, RBIs, those kinds of stats. Fantasy football, it's a little bit different for the fact that everything is a community. I can't think of that word, Uh, but everything just adds together. It's everything's point-based and it's a cumulative point-based system for your entire team. You're not going for a specific category. You're just going for the top performers. Yeah, I can see the difference in scoring not lending itself to very niche players being... Uh, bad at the sport, but also, but really good for fantasy. Uh, mm-hmm. so your research comes from just watching games. Is there any specific YouTube channels or anybody you listen to you want to shout out here and give them some advertisement? I guess. <laughs> I mean, I'll give a big shout out to Pat McAfee. I don't watch the show too often, but um. I know some of my friends, Austin uh, G and Alec, they really like his show and uh, they do a lot of research just by watching him. 
Pat McAfee, he used to be, I believe, the punter for the Indianapolis Colts. So he has a really inside scoop onto just players, their mentality, and uh, what really to look for when it comes for uh, football players. Right. And so is this your first ever Dynasty League or is this uh, not? Yes, this is my first ever Dynasty League. And the interesting part about Dynasty League, as opposed to many other football leagues, is that Dynasty League, the team you draft this year is the exact same team you uh, have for next year. Most fantasy football teams at the end of the season, either you have a handful of keepers that you keep over and you have to redraft the rest of your team. Or you just start fresh next year. But this first draft, whoever you drafted, will carry over into the next year as well. How did so that this change is, your how did that change your strategy? Or did it changed my strategy a lot, actually. Because not only do you have to worry about who you want now, you have to think about three, four years in advance as well. I mean I, you have staples, so I picked up people like Tyreek Hill, Russell Wilson, uh, Darren Waller, who are good players now. But, you know, like Zach Ertz, he's not going to be playing the league much longer, but he's a very consistent workhorse. But you also have to think about your future. So I drafted people like Desmond Ritter, James Cook, um, Hassan Haskins, players that in three, four years, when they are fundamentally sound and developed as football players, they are going to be absolutely insane, but you have to balance how you want to do in this first season versus how you want to do in the next 10. Right. I think my strategy, it was, I mean, I definitely took that into account with who I was drafting. I just know the pe- or have the people who are the commissioners of the league have had these bright ideas before, but for <laughs> baseball. And so I just got skeptical of the longevity of it because it's never worked out before. And I was, I was really playing for this year trying to, I mean, really, you got to win. If you win one year with the way the payouts are, you're pretty set for a few years in terms of uh, not needing to buy your entry fee for a few years and still having Absolutely. some left over. So I figured my strategy changed a little bit, but in terms of a couple picks, but I still figured that a win now strategy was a better, uh, I'm not playing for third place or for winning in two years. I want to win right now. So that was kind of, I thought about the dynasty, but I didn't make it my overarching like thing. Mm -hmm. So let's go over our, um, rosters one-to-one so I've got them pulled up for us okay um we each have four quarterbacks which is uh, pretty funny uh I have Russell Wilson Matt Ryan Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell uh Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell they were just drafted this past year um me of them are really looking to start but soon they will be dynasty quarterbacks in my opinion um, Desmond Ritter's out in Atlanta uh, fighting for a starting job against Marcus Mariota. I think Mariota's got it to start, but halfway through the season, it may flip to Desmond Ritter. Um, Sam Howell, he's, I think, third or fourth on the depth chart for Washington's quarterbacks, but that depth chart, not very talented. So I can see him winning the starting job within the next two years. You, on the other hand, you have uh, Justin Herbert, 
Tom Brady, Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold. So um, I can talk about my first or second overall pick. I took Justin Herbert. I think I took him more of the I. I mean, he was pretty consensus, like one of going to be a top quarterback. And then what put him over the edge for me picking him, considering Josh Allen went number one overall, was mm-hmm. that again the dynasty league. This is only his like. I think it's his second year in the league, so maybe uh, it's his third. I think his fourth or so. Oh, okay. Anyway, he's super young. He's going to be here. He's going to be a staple, uh, and there's not worried about him going over the hill yet. And then absolutely, I took Tom Brady as my next one. Again, with that, I got him. I felt like I got him for value because it was a dynasty league and a lot of people were focused on, I mean, this is going to be Tom Brady's one of his last years, if not his last year. It but, will probably be his last year considering I don't think he's reported for camp yet. Right. And so, but like I said, it doesn't, I thought I got him for a good value in the draft and he's going to put up good numbers for this year, which means, uh, I'm trying yeah, to win he, now. So he absolutely has fantastic receivers supporting him. Um, There's Tom a lot Brady's of noise very coming smart. out about injuries and offensive line injuries, but I think year in and year out for 20 years, Tom Brady has proven that he's going to produce and be a top tier quarterback. So absolutely, he's a smart pocket passer, and he will either do quick slants if uh, the pocket's collapsing, and he's great at a deep ball threat. So no, he would be a great quarterback for maybe his last year, if not a two-year time commitment. Right. And so I know thinking about future dynasty drafts, I'm going to, the rookies coming up, I know I'm going to need to pick up quarterback because I got Tom Brady as my second starter, but I Mm -hmm. also have Baker Mayfield and Sam Darno. They got, uh, they're competing for a quarterback spot down in Carolina. And I think um, either way, I think Baker's going to win it out and maybe Sam Darno gets traded. I don't know what's going to go on there, but either way, I got a solid bench quarterback that will produce some points somewhere. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think uh Baker is going to win that starting job. Um I think Sam Darnold barring a Baker Mayfield getting injured, I think he's going to set the bench for most of the season. Yeah, and that's not I mean Another thing, facet of this league we didn't really hit on that much was, or at all, was how deep the roster is in terms of how many slots you get. So Yeah, I mean, it's a 12-person draft, and I think we have like 24 or 25 roster slots. Yeah, so, so that you can just draft someone and tuck them away, like, or whatever, because you don't need that many spots. Mm-hmm. I Absolutely. think what that does for waivers, though, is nobody's – unless they were a complete unknown, some, it's, whoever is the come-up guy is probably already on somebody's team. Like Most likely, yeah. And because, so, because we basically point, drafted the entire league. Yeah. You basically need to draft uh, everybody and their backups. Just because of injury, there's limited uh, free agents. And because you never know who's just going to edge out that starting guy and hit it big. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think quarterback, we both, I think, had a good plan going in and got what we wanted to target 
in our uh, in that position. I felt pretty comfortable with what I ended up with. Did you feel pretty good about what you got? I feel good with what I got. Um, a lot of my picks are going for the future, um, at least in quarterback. I mean, Russell Wilson, he's a solid quarterback. He's got a few years left in the league. Matt Ryan, he's nearing the twilight of his career, um, but he still has just a couple years left to where my uh, backup quarterbacks, they can start developing and uh, really shine uh, by the time he retires. You sniped Matt Ryan from me. I was It was like the same round I was going to take him, but you just went before me that round. Because I thought coming to Indianapolis. I feel like that happened was, a lot between us. <laughs> it, it happened at least a few times. But I thought he was going to have a nice comeback year from coming from Atlanta to a better position for him and like be good value near the end of the draft. That's where I was going to mm-hmm. get my third bench, but you sniped <laughs> him from me. So, uh, Absolutely. So we can move on to running back here. and Yeah. Uh, it looks like uh, you went really heavy in Carolina this year because you I have know. two quarterbacks out of Carolina, and then your first running back is Christian McCaffrey. And I have DJ Moore and wide receiver. So. Oh, yes, I do. But we'll get to him later. Um, <laughs> so so I what's was uh, do running forth. backs? What's com- – Oh, after you, please. Okay, I was just going to say, since we mentioned Christian McCaffrey, that that's the uh, – he's the highest scorer when he's on the field, but is he ever going to be on the field uh, kind of player? So He's got a lot of upside, but his floor is super low. And the reason why his floor is super low is because you he's got glass bones almost. He, he gets injured a lot. So – He's got really high upside. He would be the highest scorer week in, week out if he remains healthy. But that's a big if. So I went back and forth on this guy like in my research so much of like I'm avoiding him because he's the research or he's the injury. Like that's his thing. He's known for it. Or And then I'm like, well, he's also the highest scorer. I was so down on him like, always about the injury. But I listened. I forget who said it and – some of my research, but they drafted him and they said, I'm not playing for third place. I'm playing for first place. And he gives me the best chance to be first place. If I'm taking a gamble on like trying to win the league, like maybe instead of taking Christian McCaffrey, you take Chubb or Leonard Fournette or something like that. And they're going to be good. But Christian McCaffrey gives you that chance to be the best. And that's, that was what convinced me to, take uh Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I was playing the for Chubbs, the Fournettes, they're consistent workhorses, but you're absolutely correct. McCaffrey has the highest upside. If he remains healthy, you're gonna go really far with him. Right. So yeah. we can run down the rosters now. We just the, he got mentioned I wanted to take him aside, I guess. <laughs> so we'll start with our first four. Okay. Yeah. So for me I have Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones uh, Dearness Johnson and Chris Evans. You have Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Cream Hunt, and Cordero Patterson. So, my initial thoughts on this is I drafted Austin Eckler and Aaron Jones to be my two leading running backs. They're going to be my consistent workhorses day in, day out. My Dearness Johnson pick, honestly, he's third string on the depth chart, I believe, but the past uh, last year when 
I forgot who the starting running back is for Cleveland. Uh, him and Kareem Hunt were both hurt. Dearness Johnson came in, and he was lights out. He was a great running back to where I think he has a really high upside, especially in our Dynasty League, to where I don't see him staying in Cleveland for that long. I see him being a uh, uh, traded to a different team and being your one or two back there. So he may not pan out this year, but he's going to pan out in the future for me. Um, and then my fourth running back is Chris Evans here. I believe he's also third string uh, on the depth chart for Cincinnati. Uh, Mixon and um, I think Perrine, I think they're higher in the depth chart for Cincinnati. But again, he's a great running back. I mean, he played the Lions last year and had uh, a touchdown and had a fair amount of yards. I think he's going to be a good running back. He just needs to develop a little bit longer and fight for his uh, fire, fight for a higher depth chart spot. Okay, so talking about, I mean that makes sense. It sounds like you got like the first couple guys. Like you went going to draft solid, and then you're going to draft for the future. Is seems to be what I'm getting from your quarterback and running back strategies. Exactly. Yep. That seemed to be the theme. I got Ezekiel Elliott and uh, Kareem Hunt. We already talked mm-hmm. about Christian McCaffrey. Zeke was just – I felt like he was the last running back on the board before that, like, trough of running backs in the draft. And I just felt like I needed to take a solid second running back before we got down into the nitty-gritty of are they even going to play. So Absolutely. And – I didn't. I never meant to draft Ezekiel Elliott. It's just kind of what fell to me and what I needed to take in that moment. And sometimes that's just kind of what you got to do. And uh, I, draft. I, I think Zeke. Uh, he again has a really high upside, but last year it felt like he was struggling a bit. Um, he had a hard time getting going, and that's why Dallas optioned to use Tony Pollard in uh, more scenarios. So I'm going to be interesting to uh, see how he plays this year. I think uh, Dallas still has a ton of faith in him. He is their dynasty quarterback, at least for now. Um, but I'm going to see how long it takes him to get going and how often they use uh, Tony Pollard in uh, that role. Right. I think coming back from the injury that he had, I think that it just takes time. And I think now that he's had that time, he can come back. Uh, mm-hmm. better than he did last year. See a bounce back from him. Uh, Kareem Hunt is just another value pick. I thought he was dropping lower than he should have been, and I was just going for talent, and I think he's talented, and he'll get touches in Cleveland and maybe even higher upside the potential of getting traded uh, to be the workhorse back at another place. So uh, mm-hmm. he's someone I can – flex or store or see how it goes but I do think he's pretty talented Uh, and the good thing about Kareem Hunt is that in the past the Browns have really done a two running back scheme and that Chubb he's very consistent he's a dependable workhorse but Kareem Hunt's in the game a lot to where he can sneak in as a flex spot he's not going to be you know you're starting running back but he can sneak in as a flex spot because he gets a lot of uh playing time yeah, I think with my roster, I'm either going to be fully set at running back with Christian McCaffrey and Zeke having great years, 
or I'm going to be trying to wheel and deal some trades because both of them got injured and I don't have anybody <laughs> behind them that is any good. So absolutely running back is kind of my, I took a big risk on it, this draft. And mm -hmm. I don't think I meant to do that. It's just in all my research, there's so many wide receivers. I just liked so much that I just ended up going wide receiver so much, so much that I was like, I'll try to figure out running back. And uh, it could work out because Christian McCaffrey could be the highest scorer in the league and Zeke mm -hmm. could have a great bounce back and I could win the league hands down very easily or it could blow up in my face and I'm last place. <laughs> but <laughs> Both uh, of those and, are uh, legitimate options. And I have no idea who this Cordell Patterson guy is, but I saw one YouTube video that said he was really explosive and has a chance to – do some cool things so I and I got him as like one of my last picks so I was like all right screw it we'll take this guy <laughs> Cordero Patterson I chose to stay away from him I had him last year in a couple leagues and honestly he was either boom or bust and it felt like he has more potential to be a bust than he does for a boom he um I think he started out in Minnesota he was uh, more of a return man and uh, went over to Atlanta. They uh, Atlanta starting running back wasn't doing too well or got hurt last year, and so they put in Cordero Patterson, and uh, he had a few explosive games. And uh, the thing about him is he's a running back, but by trade I believe he's a wide receiver. So he's this big dude, and he can run the ball well, but it's almost like you touch him and he falls over. He doesn't have a lot of elusive moves. He uh, doesn't power through. You touch him and he sort of falls over. He's a better wide receiver, in my opinion. And when uh, Matt Ryan was in the backfield last year, he would option Cordero Patterson from the backfield and split him out wide. And that's where Cordero saw a lot of his points come from last year. Well, we'll see. How, is there any way in our league to get points for returning? Because I've seen that he's really good at returns but uh yeah right. so the only way i believe you can get points for returns is if he returns it for a touchdown okay well i was just wondering if there was that touchdown upside in our league's way of scoring i don't yes really... i believe there is because we skipped the defense special teams and kicker which mm -hmm. i mean i didn't notice it during the draft but after the fact i was like hey i don't have a kicker so... <laughs> absolutely no, that is uh, something we did skip on this year, but I believe we do have points for um, kicks, yeah. I guess we can run through wide receivers and tight ends. Pretty, We should go a little bit quicker on those, but I want to talk about your draft strategy of running back to wide receiver, I guess. We can move that in right here, I guess. So when you're drafting, I felt like I'm not that versed on fantasy football, I just have heard that running backs are kind of king. But when I was doing my research, I noticed that there was a lot of wide receivers that were getting hyped up. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I didn't really did, – I guess talk me through what your strategy is on balancing those, where you think you can find value, and was this year any different than last year? Or uh, Yes. So okay. in general, running back is king. Um, I will say for our league, however – uh, because it is super flex, quarterback was king this year. Um, I nice. think if you look at the first seven draft picks, they're all quarterbacks. Um, now, in general, running back is king. 
in a normal league, I always target a running back first. Um, they hands down their workhorses. Not only do they see a lot of time on the goal line, you know, running the ball, they see it across the field. They run the ball a lot. They're great for check down scenarios. They get a lot of yards. If you're in a PPR league, they get a lot of receptions. Um, running backs in general, they can do it all. Uh, the reason why they are they started running back on their team is because at any moment they have the potential to find a hole and run it all the way for a touchdown. They, uh, in my opinion, they are king. Wide receivers, it's a little more finicky because at any given time you can have two to four wide receivers on the field where you're only going to really have one running back. So quarterback has a lot more options on who to throw it to. Your wide receiver just may not get picked as often. So running back is king just because they see a lot more volume than a single wide receiver. That makes sense. So when you were drafting, you obviously take quarterback first because this is super flex. Mm -hmm. So then were you like, I'm taking best running back available or best receiver available next or yep. best or best player available? I went with best running back available. Um, my goal in the draft was to get my quarterback first, running back second, wide receiver third, and then best player available from there. Um, I wanted to have an elite player in all three positions before I started going, okay, now let's fill in the rest of the slots. So my first round draft pick was Russell Wilson. Second round was Austin Eckler. And then my first wide receiver that I picked was Tyreek Hill. So, yeah, you mentioned you took Austin Eckler in the second over Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> but I, mm -hmm. I was surprised he fell to me in the second because everybody had, like, at least an ADP. He was always one and two running back with Jonathan Taylor. And uh, then it I was think Christian. a lot of people are gun shy with him. Yeah, I mean, as true. we had the whole discussion earlier, he is either going to be the number one guy, hands down, or he's going to be on the sideline again. Nobody wants to take that risk. Luckily, you were the one who uh, said, sure. Yeah, got to play for first. Uh, did you – do you think you could find – going into the draft, did you think you could find more value later on running back or wide receiver? Um, I think you can find more value in wide receiver later on. Um, just for the fact that there are up to four guys in wide receiver that can be on the field at any given time. Um, you can find more valuable value in wide receivers because your guy may not be the one or two target, but if he's the three or four target on the field, and he's got uh, opportunities to uh, catch touchdowns. Um, yeah, I agree. Do you think that's specific to this year, or do you think that's true for I every think, year? I think that's true for every year most of the time. Um, I mean, it really depends on roster sizes, of course, but right. I think that generally is truer because a third string running back, they're not going to see that much time. I mean, if you look at Detroit, we have Paul Williams, and then everybody's fighting for the third slot. I think it's going to go to Craig Reynolds this year, but Craig Reynolds in general, he's only going to see maybe three snaps a game, whereas you have somebody um, like McCole Hardman in Kansas probably their third wide receiver, but he's going to see probably 20 snaps a game. So he has 17 more opportunities to have an explosive play. That makes sense. This year, I think 
I did see that there was there's so many wide receivers I thought were good in terms of like I'd be happy with ending up with them on my team. And I mm-hmm. think it might have been skewed too because of the media I was watching trying to do my research was so they always talked about wide receivers and I think it was just because they were I think my bias happened because the they were trying to find value in wide receiver because running back was already a known quantity and they knew they were going to go running back and try to find the receiver value later whereas absolutely and I didn't have that bias of trying to find the running back early and so I was just like receiver receiver these all guys sounded so good so but uh, I mean yeah you have some great receivers uh let's run through the roster a little bit you have Stefan Diggs who in my opinion he is my favorite if not tied for my favorite receiver in the league uh him and uh Justin Jefferson I think are my favorite receivers they're just such great uh workhorses they're fantastic at catching the ball and they are explosive but you have uh, Stefan Diggs, uh, Pittman out of Indiana, Michael Pittman. Yes. Um, you have DJ Moore in Carolina, which again, you're Carolina. Uh, I'm a little Carolina-heavy, and I didn't mean to do that. And I that's a, not a good team to put a lot of eggs in the basket. Yeah. But. And then you have uh, Allen Robinson, who's with the Rams this year. That will be good. Um, you have Jalen Tolbert, who's with uh, Dallas. He won't see as much playing time, but he'll be good. Um, Justin Ross, who I don't know too much about him. Looks like he was uh, an undrafted rookie who was uh, signed to the Chiefs. But I don't even IR, know how he like ended up on my team. I don't remember drafting him. So yeah, Then you have John Mechie, who he may not be great this year, but he's going to be explosive in Houston. He's a great wide receiver. He's just got to heal from his cancer. <laughs> <laughs> you have uh, Danny Gray, who honestly I've never heard of him, but well, he's this uh, is, out of SMU. The, again, this is the uh, the we have twenty four roster slots, mm-hmm. and so you just stack yeah. stack no names at the end. But... And then your last wide receiver is AJ Green out of Arizona, who, in my opinion, he's a good pick. Um, he's a dependable workhorse, and especially with uh, DeAndre Hopkins being suspended for a bit of time he's going to see a lot more targets down in Arizona. So the media I was watching, I'll give their YouTube a shout out. And it was small. It's a smaller channel. I mean, they don't have a million subscribers or anything yet. So I was like, Mm -hmm. and their views only get tens of thousands of views a video. So I was like, there's a chance my league mates don't see this because it's small. And so maybe I could have an advantage because I don't like, because there's, drafts where everybody's on the same research and targeting the same quote-unquote sleeper picks making them not Mm -hmm. sleeper picks because they go three rounds higher so they were really hot this bdge media big dogs gotta eat that i'll shout that (laughs) i thought they had a lot of good content and they were super high on michael Pittman because they thought matt ryan coming into indianapolis he's always like super heavy on his wide receiver one like always, mm-hmm. he just like it's like always throw to wide receiver one always. Absolutely. And then mm-hmm. Michael Pittman had some. They had they had this stat. I don't know where they get it, but it's it's about like separation in different types of coverage. And Michael Pittman is supposedly like super good at separating from the defender. So based on those two upgrades, he was a little bit of a 
value kind of pick and then or like value in terms of like he didn't have that good of a year with Carson Wentz but with Matt his situation changing and he was still super good then you could get him uh, to jump on him around earlier than his ADP and yeah. so no, that's what I, I really like that Michael Pittman pick um you talk about Matt Ryan always targeting his number one receiver, and you could see that was true when he and Julio Jones were together. Um, the good thing about Indiana, Indianapolis is that Jonathan Taylor, he's going to be a huge distraction in the field. So right. it will create a lot of separation for Michael Pittman. And honestly, their wide receivers, I'm not going to say they're talentless, but they're not um, studs. Pittman right. is definitely the standout man. You have Paris Campbell and Alec Pierce, who are the other starting wide receivers, and essentially they're no names. So Pittman is going to probably get double covered most of the time, but with the Jonathan Taylor distraction, it should open up some uh, more opportunities for him. Right, and so where I think where this came from was also like I had to reach. I was on the I was second overall pick on the turn. If I didn't take him on this turn. I knew I wasn't going to get him because when you're on the turn, people tend mm-hmm. to get sniped. Yeah, you, you have, have 20, 20 more draft 20 slots picks, in front of you. Right, and so it's like I have to reach on this guy. And that's how I ended up with Zeke is because, too, is because on the turn. But it's like I couldn't pass up on Pittman. And then DJ Moore fell like a couple rounds below his ADP or like around below his ADP. And I was like, for what points he was and what like wide receiver rank he has and a lot of stuff. So I was like, well, I'm taking him as a value for where I'm getting him. And I think Mm -hmm. talking about overall draft strategy for me is what points you expect to get out of what round pick you take the player Mm -hmm. at. And I always thought, because we did auction draft in baseball, Mm -hmm. fantasy baseball, and we always did fantasy baseball and, I like to think I did particularly well quite a few seasons. And I was always like, what value can I get for the price I'm paying? And so that was what I took that lesson of like auction draft, what value, like boom for buck can I get Mm -hmm. there? And I took that same strategy over here of like, okay, I'm spending this round draft pick. I expect to get this many points or whatever be it running back or wide receiver. And I just, when somebody fell to me that I felt like or some player was getting overlooked or maybe people didn't want him fading for a certain reason. And so he fell around or two. I was like, okay, this is a good place to take this player. Even if he, people don't like him now, like maybe you don't like him as wide receivers 10, but if he falls to wide receiver 15, you're like, okay, I can take him at this level because if – Absolutely. And so that's where I got DJ Moore because I was originally mm-hmm. fading him at, like, where his a- average draft position was. But mm-hmm. he fell below that, and so I'm like, okay, I'll scoop him up. <laughs> you know, I think DJ Moore is going to be a great pick. He – I mean, last year uh, with Carolina, he seemed to be their number one wide receiver. We'll see how it is with Baker, but, I mean – We've talked about Baker, Christian McCaffrey already before. Mm -hmm. Um, The only other receiving target that Carolina really has is Robbie Anderson. Um, So DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, 
they're going to see a lot of um, targets this year. So if you pick up one or the other, either way, I think you're going to have a pretty solid and consistent year as long as they're healthy. Yeah, and I just want to touch on Allen Robinson real fast, and then we can move mm-hmm. on to because I skipped tight end till the very end. But yeah, <laughs> Allen Robinson, he had a mm-hmm. bad year with the Bears, and yes, but I think the Bears suck, and they will. I mean, I Justin Fields think... is a horrible quarterback. Yeah, Buckeyes are just terrible. Never convert <laughs> to pro. I hate the Buckeyes. They're just bad, like awful. Anyway, uh, he is an outside deep threat, and so I don't worry with him Like in Cooper Cup competing because Cooper Cup is more of middle of the field and yeah. not the same kind of routes that Allen Robinson runs. Mm-hmm. So I thought Allen Robinson would be a good complement and a candidate for a bounce back. I think Allen Robinson is going to have a great year down in Los Angeles. Um, Cooper Cup, although he's not strictly a slot man, he spends a lot of his time in the slot to where it will open up Allen Robinson for a lot of uh, downfield plays. The only thing I worry about is Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson is also a downfield threat, so they may share some targets there. But in general, I think Allen Robinson is a good pick. I mean, we had the benefit of seeing Stafford for many years in Detroit. He's a good quarterback to where I think Allen Robinson has a lot of upside for this year. Okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I drafted him. I agree. But <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we're on to your wide receivers, right? Yes. Um, so my wide receivers are Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, Marquise Brown, Adam Thielen, Josh Reynolds, uh, Isaiah McKenzie, Nicole Hardman, Jacoby Myers, and Justin Naylor – or Jalen Naylor, excuse me. Yeah, so we um, don't really need to talk about the no names, but yeah, I so worry Terry that... Kill, <laughs> right? <laughs> I worry about him because he's going to be down in uh, Miami this year with Tua. Um, he's not going to have the same explosiveness from the quarterback that was um, Patrick Mahomes, but I think Tua is going to target him a lot. Um, although Jalen Waddle and Tua played together in college, I think. Tyreek Hill is just very explosive. He finds a lot of holes, and I think he's going to be very good this year for them. I think he's a solid pick. I just I worry about regression, and so when I saw where you took him, I was like, oh, I don't know, because I thought maybe there'd be more upside where from somebody else where you took him, but I don't think you can go wrong with him. It's just one of those things that it's like upside versus – floor kind of thing absolutely and i did take him in the third round which is pretty early but you never know i um, think that that's early for super flex because first round's basically quarterbacks <laughs> yeah yeah um and then my second wide receiver is keenan allen i mean he's the number one wide receiver down in los angeles i do have i try not to target too many players from one team and so me picking up austin eckler and then picking up keenan allen uh it was not my favorite thing to do just for the fact if they have an off week they're facing a good defense and neither of them are producing that just kills my fantasy week but I think Keenan Allen I mean he's still their number one receiver Mike Williams is a great deep threat but Keenan Allen he's got um he's explosive in the middle of the field I think he's going to do well I 
have his quarterback, so I hope he does. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, Marquise Brown um, just signed with uh, Arizona this year. He was. He's who they call Baltimore. Hollywood Brown, isn't that right? <laughs> uh, honestly, I've never heard that, but that sounds right. That's what um, was said in the YouTube channel I watch. Big dogs gotta eat. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I'm worried about Marquise Brown. I will say, um, Kyler Murray. He's a fine quarterback. A little short for my liking, but you know who knows. He can't see over his lineman. Uh, but uh, Arizona has a lot of talent. I believe in their receiving positions. They Marquise Brown, Rondell Moore, AJ Green. Zach Ertz, Andy Isabella. They've got a lot of uh, talented wide receivers to where Marquise Brown, I think he'll still see the lion's share of targets, but I think it will be less than uh, somebody like a Keenan Allen or somebody like a um, DJ Moore, who they're the number one wide receiver on the team, but there's no uh, other standout guys like those guys where uh, Marquise Brown has a lot of talented people alongside him. That's uh, – I think that Arizona is a high-powered offense, and he was good in Baltimore, and he'll continue to be good in a high-powered offense. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, uh, then I have uh, Adam Thielen, who – Kirk Cousins, I'm not a fan of him as a quarterback, but – Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, I mean, they're like peanut butter and jelly. They really complement each other on the field. And when one of them is covered, the other one just slips through and uh, is able to get the reception. So There's a lot of preseason hype on this Vikings offense. I mean, they consistently, they have a really good offense. It's just they don't make any playoff runs. And I think it's more because of their defense. But Kirk Cousins, give or take him. We have somebody like Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, both solid, solid running backs. We have Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and K.J. Osborne. They're all really good. Yeah, I just I just can never get behind Minnesota because I, I don't know. I just, I just don't believe in it. I don't know because they're Minnesota. <laughs> the only person I don't believe in is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is, uh, I mean, MSU grad, so I already hate him. But um, – I don't think he's that good under pressure. I think he makes a lot of errant throws. Um, it's just the wide receiver core is good at finding separation. And that's why Adam Thielen, uh, Justin Jefferson, and Kirk Cousins all really benefit from. Right. Adam Thielen went in like he was in that same value range, like where running backs drop off and wide receivers really pick up in the point of the draft. Mm-hmm. That, that's where, like, I think I got Allen Robinson in the same round you got Thielen. So it's like, or yeah. something, maybe DJ, I don't remember. But I remember seeing him as, like, a target, but I won't get just because of where I'm drafting and where his value is and who mm-hmm. I was already targeting. I knew he wasn't – somebody that was like, oh, that'd be great to have, but I know I won't get him because there's – 11 other people who are going to want him at the same place I want him. <laughs> so Absolutely. So I know um, that was a good uh, – I agree with that pick and thought that was good value. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. My next one, it's it's uncertain. Josh Reynolds, he's with the Lions this year. Um, you have the number one man, clearly, as Amon Ross St. Brown. 
But honestly, the depth chart after that is kind of hairy. We picked up DJ Shark this year. We drafted Jameson Williams, who won't join until I think a couple weeks into the season. So it's really a question mark as to who's going to be the number two receiver. Josh Reynolds did a good job last year. Um, He was a free agent signing. And I think he and Goff have a little bit of chemistry built up from that. I think he's going to be the number three receiver. Um, So he's not going to be a starter for now, but maybe we'll see a few weeks in if he's seeing more of a target share if uh, I want to start him. This is my hometown bias. I will never draft a Lions player. They will always. I mean, the only Lions player I would ever draft is Calvin Johnson in the history of Lions and me watching football because the Lions, having lived in Detroit for my life, they will always mm-hmm. disappoint, underperform, and never do what you expect. And anytime so, you, think you can bet on them, they will always fail you. <laughs> as a team, I agree with you. But we're talking fantasy football, but we're talking pure stats. DeAndre Swift is a great, great running back. He is not only a solid on the ground, he's a good pass-catching running back to where he produces a big fantasy uh, upside. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Although last year was his rookie year, he had an insane year. I think it's only going to go up from here. Um, Those two, I think, are the only two guys who really should be drafted out of the Lions. But if you're talking pure fantasy stats, not the entire team, those two are definitely Lions that you should pick up. I was actually – did you end up with Jared Goff or did somebody else? Oh, not me. No, no. I knew to stay away from that dumpster fire. I thought maybe Jared Goff would be, like, a good, like, fourth quarterback to put on my bench, like, in the late rounds. I remember him getting sniped in the round I was going to take him. But – because I thought maybe he could – Yeah. So (laughs) – okay, have you ever heard of this – a game setting called best ball no what's that so it's where you don't have to set your lineup they just take you draft your team and they just take the top performer from your team no matter who is on the bench or anything and it's like really you know when you're playing golf it's like whoever's you play the best ball so Mm -hmm. they just take whoever the best player on your team was for that position and stick them in I just thought that'd be interesting with this many bench players and so much. So it automatically maximizes your lineup. Right. It's an optimization. You pick that way. You pick all the boomer busts and hope they boom on different weeks. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I've never heard of that. Underdog sports does it. I don't know Mm -hmm. if ESPN or Yahoo. I just was thinking because I we're playing on sleeper, which I think they're relatively new it's an app i was just do you normally play on espn or yahoo or uh both um so actually all four of my leagues are in four different apps i have sleeper i've got yahoo i've got espn and i have one flea flicker so personally i'm a fan of yahoo and espn i think those are pretty straightforward Sleeper and Flea Flicker, they're all right. They have their quirks. They're trying to innovate, but it sort of detracts just a little bit from it. I think Sleeper is really cool, but I think it's harder to use. That's I think that's, so as well. 
it has a lot of features, but it's also like really hard to navigate, I think. So I have mm-hmm. I sit there like swiping, clicking, like all these different things trying to get to what I've tried to do. <laughs> Absolutely. I know Logan, who has been a guest on this show, and I think he's the commissioner of the league. He Him and Josh ta- both, yeah. Yeah, they were talking about doing a podcast, so I don't want to step on their toes too much, but I was tired of waiting around for them to get that started. And it's fun to talk about fantasy football. And so was, I guess we'll hit tight end really quick. You did okay. you get Zach Ertz? I did get Zach Ertz. That's yeah. who I but, wanted. You sniped him right in the round I was gonna take him. Yeah. That's um, who I thought was my value. I don't even know who I have. I, I got the Jacksonville because Trevor Lawrence is gonna break out. That's that's my theory. You have Irv Smith in Minnesota, and then you have Evan Ingram in Jacksonville. Yeah. I mean, Irv on... Smith and Ingram, they're both consistent. They're not uh, They're not explosive by any means. Yeah, I got. I took value other places, so mm-hmm. I didn't think I – see, yeah. I see them getting, like, three targets, four targets a game. Nothing crazy, but they'll get their catches. Okay, I just want to talk strategy a little bit with the dynasty with the few minutes we have left. Of mm-hmm. we gotta trade draft picks, man. There's a blockbuster trade that happened. Oh and, my goodness, and, there was including a bunch of draft picks, and I'm like, I'm gonna just start spending draft picks because all I'm gonna get is rookies from those draft picks. I think people mm-hmm. are overvaluing them in our league right now, so I might so, be able to snipe some really good players for just the yeah. cost of some rookies next year. <laughs> so for the listeners out there, um, the way that you trade draft picks or the way Dynasty is set up is that you keep your team from year to year, and then every year you have a three-round draft in which you only draft rookie players, players that were um, drafted by the actual NFL teams. So we can trade those picks in um, – for fancy players, either current or future. Yeah, so I'm going to be looking to make some draft pick trades to maybe shore up my running back slot or maybe tight end. But that's going to Absolutely. be – That's where – because I think people in our league are overvaluing the draft picks right now. Mm-hmm. So it might be a good time to try to win yeah. now. I guess that's my strategy, and I'm going to try to win now. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, that is a pretty good strategy. Um, I mean, hopefully he doesn't listen to this, but I really want from my first week opponent, his name is Poe, I really want uh, Derrick Henry from him. Um, So maybe I'll trade a few of my future round draft picks for uh, Derrick Henry. He's the one that got Derrick Henry in a trade, trading away all his draft picks. So I think he already already knows the strategy to trade – he gave away Saquon for him, so I think uh, it's pretty even. Yes, but he also – he's on the trade block right now himself, so who knows? Yeah. I think this podcast with our league is going to be fun, and I think I need to have more people from our league on. I was thinking about Blakey and Logan because Logan's already been a guest on the show, and I haven't had Blakey on yet. And so yes. – and maybe we need to have multiple uh, – multiple people on to talk about strategy and what they were thinking. And I mean, 
the difference in opinion is what makes a draft a draft because <laughs> maybe exactly. so. And so here all those different opinions. But we're quickly closing in on the time limit. So uh, okay. thanks for coming on, and I look forward to kicking your butt in fantasy this year. And uh, <laughs> thanks for sharing your opinions. Um, thanks for having me. It was uh, interesting to see your draft perspective and seeing your research. So I appreciate that. Yeah, and so this will be fun, and uh, audience, look out for future episodes from, I'm not going to say the name of our league because it's stupid, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) there'll be more content coming up with Max and others from this league coming soon. So thanks for coming. Talk to you later. Talk to you later.